0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. I got a very familiar, very special guest in the building. One of the co-hosts for Turny Talk, which will be coming to you Wednesday night this week. But I got none other than Chris Bolton in the house here with Up in Flames. Chris, how you doing today, bro?
1: Yeah, what's going on with it, Mo, I'm doing great. How about you?
0: Yeah, yeah, chilling, bro, chilling. You know, so we got a lot. We're gonna get into. Oh, we got a few good topics we go get into get into today with you but first i couldn't do it if i i have to quick plug real quick you know go on manscape.com get you 20 percent off plus free shipping use a promo code up in flames mm-hmm. to help support me also use promo code otbn which is short for off the ball network to help out everybody at the network so whether you support me or you're a supporter of the whole network use those two promo codes get 20 off plus free shipping got a lot of cool stuff that came in the packages so go check it out at manscaped.com also shout out to our uh, sponsor fanatics who actually powers the show Meet chris and couch coach do together turning talk which is pretty much something once a week until the tournament is over but you know with all that being said let's get into some of the latest nba news Um, smooth
1: smooth plug mo i see you
0: yeah you see a little little quick plug quick (laughs) plug real quick but you know let's get into some nba news so obviously we have to start the show talking about the king being injured mm-hmm. LeBron James high ankle sprain uh out indefinitely there's no timetable on his return Mm-mm. so you know before I say my thoughts Chris what was what was kind of your initial thoughts LeBron goes down uh oh you know what was the question was it a, he grabbed at his ankle it looked like it could have been his knee so what were your initial thoughts from LeBron going down with an injury
1: man I I did like Stephen a Smith I said damn that's all you can say, bro. I was just, wow. You know what I'm saying? It, you hate to see it as a, someone who just enjoys, you know what I'm saying, You're watching basketball. You know what I'm saying? This is this yeah. LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Arguably the GOAT. But uh, you, you see that, you, you think, wow, you know, that's tough. That's tough, man. The Lakers already without Anthony Davis. Then you, you couple that with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You know, man, it's we're really about to see what uh, the rest of these Lakers made of.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think – so looking at it from evaluating LeBron James, you know, his portion, his side of it, you know, it, it's, it's scary because we don't know how LeBron reacts from injuries. You know, he's had, what, one major injury in his career yeah, three years injury. ago. Yeah. yeah, he had the groin injury, and he said that that was lingering uh, even into last season. So, you know, I think, you know, with him being up there in age, he's still not invincible. The human body does what the human body does. So I, I'd be very concerned I would play it very safe. I mean, I think the Lakers' goal is just to get in the playoffs. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, they're confident right. enough. You know, a healthy LeBron, a healthy Anthony Davis, it's not going to be an easy road whether you're the one seed or the five seed. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you can talk about the home court advantage and stuff, but it's still going to be limited fans. It's not going to be that whole, you know, playoff environment, sellout crowds, you know, really playing – uh, against the fans, you know, so out everybody's going to be traveling. I don't think, you know, being playing away will have too, too much of a disadvantage. I mean, I guess, you know, if you go to Game 7, you'll always be, you know, it'll be an away game for Game 7. But to me this year, even with the limited number of fans, I don't think it has too much of an impact. But, you know, LeBron isn't injury prone. We don't know how he reacts. We, knows he, we know he takes care of his body really well, what, spends $2 million yeah. a year. You know, taking care of his body. But it is scary for the Lakers because you said it. No LeBron and no Anthony Davis. You right. know, when they first lost AD, they a little shaky, even with LeBron. Uh, you know, then everybody got it together. Everybody started, you know, getting their feel for the game because your role changes when your mm-hmm. star player goes down. You got one or two star players. They, one they guy goes down, your sure. role changes. Yeah, yeah you got to step up. Took Kuzma a couple games. Now he stepped up. Kuzma playing some really good basketball.
1: Montrezl you know, Harrell, he went crazy against the Warriors. He, had 27 that game.
0: Yeah, he's playing really good. You know, Morris is – uh Markeith Morris is going to give you some solid minutes. You know, mm-hmm. nothing great, but he going to give you solid minutes. Schroeder, he's been a little up and down as of late. But, you know, Schroeder at the end of the day can run the offense when LeBron's mm-hmm. – you know, when he's on the bench anyway. Cole. He's going yeah, to Caldwell Pope. Buckets. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where, you know, he finally, you know, last year at the beginning of this season, last year, you know, it, it was wondering where the KCP from Detroit went. You know, we know Caldwell Pope, but now like he's coming to his own, obviously he had big performances last year in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of carried that on into this season. So I think the Lakers will be fine. But, you know, you're down LeBron, you're down AD, you're going to drop in those standings. You know, and we'll get into later
1: why. And you made a great point, too. It's it's about the end game for the Lakers at this point. It's about the end game for LeBron James trying to get that, that fifth chip. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to catch yep. MJ. So we'll see. We'll see if he's able to be healthy enough to really go as hard as he wants to this postseason and, and really try to make that push and that run because time is ticking. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Even LeBron James is going to get old at some point and not be the LeBron James that we're used to. So uh, we'll see, you know, saying if he can get right and if AD can get right too. That's a those these are some scary injuries, you know. What I'm saying you can't play around with the calf muscle with a possible Achilles. So as much as I know they want to get AD back on the court, but you want to make sure he's right too to be able to go as hard as he needs to. And then LeBron James and the high ankle sprain. I'm sure. I you, you know all about leg injuries. Uh, a high ankle sprain <laughs> that ain't no joke.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. High ankle sprain, is it lingers. You know, so that's kind of the scary thing is he going to feel 100%. But it's just like he found that out with his groin injury. It still lingers. Some nights are better than others. You know, um, obviously, I wish I only had a high ankle sprain coming <laughs> off a broken ankle. You know, I would have loved it would have only been a sprain. But still, it's just one of those that ankle sprain can linger. And then, you know, they say it's a calf injury with Anthony Davis, but it also is, like, directly you know, associated with the Achilles. I know about we that. Know, <laughs> yeah, We but the one thing we do know about Achilles, we actually, as as a, you know, society, don't know that much about Achilles injuries. They're all different. You know, it, it's almost a career killer for a lot of people. You, see, you don't see a lot of guys bounce back from Achilles injuries. Obviously, you know, Kevin Durant came back, but, you know, it kind of cut Kobe's effectiveness short. You know, even though no, he was, it was later in his career, but it cut his effectiveness short, you know, to carry point. out his 20 year career. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in football, you see all these guys, Achilles injuries, they don't, you know, come back the same. Guys, we, it we, hits everybody
1: different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, a guard, like Wesley Matthews, he had an Achilles injury. He, he wasn't. He hasn't been the same Wesley that he was when he was in Portland since that injury. Um, boogie. You boogie. Know,
0: boogie's a prime example. And, mm-hmm. and that's one injury that, like, size. Weight, you know, size, body fat, all that actually plays a factor in your recovery because, you know, when they talk, when Boogie went down and it was his Achilles, they, that was what they were talking about. It's going to be tough for a big fella, a guy his size, mm-hmm. to come back from that. Obviously, you know, Kevin Durant had it. Yes, Kevin Durant is six foot ten, but Kevin Durant weighs like 220, not right. 260, 270. You know, so there's a difference. He doesn't have all that. And, and that's the thing with AD.
1: Him. That's what makes Anthony Davis so special is his guard like skills. So mm-hmm. we don't want we don't want anything jeopardizing that. Whether he's gonna be able to yeah. bounce back or not. We don't want anything happening to jeopardize that because that's that's why he's so special.
0: Exactly. And, and you know, he was a point guard, um, went through a huge growth spurt, which is why, you know, he plays power forward now. But, you know, so speaking of injuries, we're gonna swing it over. Obviously, we talked about LeBron, Joel Embiid. You know, um before his injury, he ultimately to me, I think to you, he was widely regarded as mm-hmm. a front runner clear cut MVP. Like he right. was going to win MVP this year. Obviously, the biggest part about MVP is not only your production, but it is your availability. There are times where a guy get, you know, you miss too many games and you're out of the, you know, you're out of the MVP race. Which two guys were in about most people's top 3 to 4 as far as MVP? in the MVP race with LeBron and Joel Embiid. So we don't know when LeBron's coming back. He's out indefinitely. There's no, you know, clear cut timetable. So I think that's going to affect him. And then you got Joel Embiid, Mm -hmm. who he's going to miss two to three, possibly a month. He might not come back till the middle of April, you know, closer, closer to playoffs. So with that being said, how is that adjusted in your mind frame who should now be considered the MVP front runner or who climbed up in your charts because you kind of have to respectfully drop LeBron and Joel and be kind of out of the race. It doesn't seem like he's going to come back in time to really maintain that one spot. And I think because LeBron wasn't number one, I don't think he's going to come back in enough time. And, you know, with both of those guys being gone, what we are about to see is these other guys in the MVP race, they're available that's what we're about to see we're about to see Dame Lillard and James Harden Jokic
1: there you go so
0: so who who is your front runner now cuz we're going to take lebron and and beat off the board who's your front runner for mvp
1: taking those two off the board right now for me honestly i have to give it to dame i have to give it to dame dollar um you know just looking at, it, he's had a great season. the The numbers are amazing, of course. You know, this is Dame Dollar we're talking about. So he's putting up, he has the numbers to go along with it. But also, mm-hmm. he suffered a significant injury on his team, and there's he's still holding down the fort. The, the Trailblazers are still right there, fifth in the West currently, above the person who I would have second. Uh, the Nuggets are sixth. So I have Dame Dollar first, and then I have Jokic second. And I give the nod to Dame because of being without cj for so long with his foot injury still having them competing right there in the west and they're above the nuggets so um they're top five in the west i'm giving it to dame
0: yeah actually uh my front runner at this point actually is james harden Mm. um and i'm a a statewide but then speaking of mvps i'm gonna get into another mvp type conversation with you but Mm -hmm. i think james harden his impact on the nets my thing is he was scrutinized with Houston, but look at the numbers he put up before he got traded, you know, outside of those, what last three games, I think he kind of checked out. He came in though. He was going to hold out. He showed up. I think he missed opening night and that was it. James Harden was going crazy in Houston.
1: He lost 20 pounds in two days.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And he was, he, he he's better now. Like, and to say that a guy like James Harden, a top five to seven player in the NBA for the past, you know, five to six years easily, uh-huh. To say he seems better, but everything about him now is more efficient. <clears throat> he's a playmaker. He Obviously, we know he's a scorer. We know he's arguably the best scorer in the league. You know, you got him, Durant, a couple of other guys, Dame Dollar up there. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, James Harden, his playmaking ability has really shown. And to me, I have to give him credit. With as great as he's been playing, no Kevin Durant. We questioned their depth when they traded for James Harden. And they've, what, in the past – 14 games. They've lost once, twice. I think, I think twice. They're like 12 yeah. And yeah, they're 12 and 2 in the past 14 games. And that's with James Harden. You know, it, it's 1A and 1B who's been the best player for them out of Kyrie and James Harden. But everybody was questioning how was Kyrie and Harden going to figure it out? They're two ball dominant guys. We knew, you know, nobody questioned whether Kyrie and KD could work. Nobody would have questioned Harden and KD.
1: Mm-hmm. The question
0: was how is Kyrie and Harden going to <laughs> make it work. And, I mean, up to this point, 12-2 in the last 14 games, uh, number one in the Easter Conference now, mm-hmm. they've pretty much made it work because ever since Harden got there, I think they've played, what, as a big three? They've played, what, like three games together?
1: It's been few. Yeah, Somebody, it's, it's, it's like either three or four games. Somebody's always hurt, yeah.
0: Yeah, because somebody's always hurt, somebody's set. So, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving and, and his being away from the team in, uh, towards the beginning of the season, so – what do you think – before I ask my question, what do you think about James Harden and his performance with the Nets so far?
1: I think he's been great. You know what I'm saying? He stepped in and um, he, he's been more efficient, like you said. He's really been able to show just how great of an offensive mind he is, man. He's a wizard with the ball. He's, he's running sets, getting Joe Harris, easy open looks, knockdowns, threes, um, making – Guys like uh Nick Claxton, you know what I'm saying? He's he's making mm-hmm. a name for himself, getting him easy looks. So he's he's just has a great impact and the the Brooklyn Nets look like the Brooklyn Rockets sometimes, some of these nights, man. Just how he's dominating the ball and really making every read is is it's it's amazing to see. Some people don't like watching yeah. James Harden, but when you just really sit back and see what he's doing, it's almost like how LeBron James is at times, just very, you know, the precision, the reads, the shots, knowing when to take over, when to go to the rack, knowing when to get somebody involved. Okay, Joe hasn't shot at a few possessions. Let's run something to get him a good look. And just letting Kyrie be a certified bucket. It's, that's basically, yeah. you know, Kyrie's been able to be him. He hasn't changed Kyrie's game at all. Kyrie's able to just really be him the same Kyrie was in Cleveland, um, in Boston. He's at Kyrie right now playing next to James.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, Speaking of MVP, I'm going to this conversation is going to raise some eyebrows to those listening because our guy Steven kind of started a poll, you know, shout out Steven for breaking the game, but he started mm-hmm. a poll and he was should Jimmy Butler be considered, you know, in the MVP race. Here here is my thing and then I'll get your thoughts. Okay. To me, how I look at MVP First off, I don't necessarily look at it as who's the best player in the league. Because obviously, if we just gave it to the best player in the league, LeBron would have 10, 11 of them things. Like, we would have seen a trend of Jordan would have had about 12, 13. Then Kobe would have had about 12, 13. And then LeBron would be working on, like, number 12 by now. Mm -hmm. If we just solely judging on who's the best player a year in and year out. Because that's kind of how it's been. It was like Jordan was the GOAT. Then, like, Kobe, you know, he passed the torch to Kobe. Kobe was the best player in the league for eight, nine years consistently. Then, like, the torch seemed to get passed to LeBron, and and LeBron's been the best player. You know, when you talk about, like, Jordan was the best player of the 90s. Kobe was the best player of the 2000s. LeBron has been the best player of the 2010s. I don't even think it's close with any of those guys. Mm -hmm. So, but my thing is, if I was a really, if I was a name, my MVP race and take the best guys in the NBA out of it and just – who is more valuable? LeBron James would be on there. Obviously, we just, we know what he does to the team. We know how he makes guys better. Uh-huh. Chris Paul would be on there. Chris Paul would probably be two to me. And then I would have to go Jimmy Butler. I got to look at value, how valuable these guys are to their team. So I look at LeBron. We know the Lakers are not, they, they're not that good. Without LeBron and AD on the floor, numbers say you know they're better on the floor. When LeBron's on the floor and AD's out, the Lakers are still a playoff team, a championship contender team. When LeBron's off the floor and it's just AD in the surrounding cast, they're not that good. They're about an average team when you really look at. They're the Pelicans all over again, you know. When it's just AD with LeBron, so then I go to Chris Paul and I look at. Okay, I take it back, but I look at his stint with the Clippers. The Clippers were fairly irrelevant until he got there and up until they got Kawhi and Paul George have kind of been fairly irrelevant in a sense. They've been that team that they could be the eighth seed and that's Mm -hmm. a tough matchup. Just the way they play, they're scrappy. Mm -hmm. So, but then you look at Chris Paul with the Rockets. It seemed like he, you know, they, they needed that guy. They needed somebody else with James Harden outside of that hamstring injury that he sustained in game six that year. It's possible they would have beat the Warriors and won mm-hmm. a championship Definitely. because they would have played LeBron and, you know, the Jonas Brothers in the NBA <laughs> Finals that year. You know, like, and that's another thing, you know, LeBron gets criticized in that point in time. Bro, he took a band of, you know, misfits to the to the finals. Like, he had no chance beating KD and the Warriors, KD, Steph, Clay. So, but the Rockets actually had a chance. And when Chris Paul... Went out, you've seen a whole change in how the offense was. And even in game seven, they were up. You know, the Rockets Mm -hmm. at that time were up 13 in game seven. But the difference was they had James Harden, who was just score, score, score. He could pass the ball. Obviously, he still averaged about eight, nine assists at that time. But they were still fast play. You know, they didn't have a guy to just run the offense, get the best shot. And that's what Chris Paul does. Then, boom, he goes to OKC. OKC had less than like... 2% two percent chance to make yeah. the play yeah less than a percent chance to make the playoffs with the addition of chris paul not only do they make the playoffs they're the fifth seed in the western conference so i don't even have a chance basically you tell me i have no chance of making the playoffs and not only do i just squeeze in we the five seed you know and get to play houston uh they ended up playing houston in the first round Obviously, Houston got the best of them. Not not really a surprise, you know, with Brody and James Harden. Sometimes I think, especially in basketball, talent takes over. Then Mm -hmm. boom, he goes to Phoenix. We see what Phoenix, you know, how they ended in the bubble, went undefeated. You know, we kind of were pitching for Phoenix to 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 have a playoff spot. Like, (laughs) you know, we they should have a playoff. They should be in the play-in. They came to the bubble and handled business. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. But then Chris Paul comes. And you look at all the other factors. Yes, Devin Booker is a star. But I look at, it's, it's not a coincidence Mikel Bridges got better. It's not a coincidence that DeAndre Ayton actually looks like he was worth the number one pick now. You know, Monty Williams is a great coach. But that veteran leadership and just his his IQ and how he plays the game mm-hmm. is valuable. He makes teams better. He's not a championship. Obviously, you know, Chris Paul has no championships but he makes teams better. And then you got Jimmy Butler. You look at Miami the year prior to getting Jimmy Butler, barely made the playoffs, like a seventh seed, you know, had no chance uh, of winning anything. Get Jimmy Butler. The expectation is, okay, you know, they got Jimmy Butler. They're going to try and make the playoffs, and then they're going to shoot for one of these big time. You know, there was a, there was a whole plan. Miami's been a ha- ahead of schedule since adding Jimmy Butler. Basically this offseason or next offseason was the goal. Grab Jimmy Butler, develop the guys and shoot for, you know, Giannis or Kawhi. You know, mm-hmm. there was a, there's a lot of guys that were going to be available. Obviously Giannis signed his deal. You know, a lot of these players have already signed LeBron, you know, signed his contract extension, Anthony Davis signed, you know, his five-year deal. So it's not as strong as it looked, but the plan, but then Miami goes and they're ahead of schedule. They go to the finals in year one with Jimmy Butler, you know, yes bam played out of his mind last year obviously Tyler Hero kind of you know was the social media goat you know as much as i love the miami he he got you know a little bit overhyped <laughs> but then you look at them this year jimmy butler got covid was mm-hmm. injured they miami looked terrible like you know i was criticizing like this is a yeah. team that just went to the finals and this is how you come out granted they got hit with the, you know, COVID, so a lot of guys had to quarantine. They got hit with the injury bug. A lot of guys missed. And then up until these past two games that the Heat have taken you know, losses to against the Pacers, they were, what, 12 of the last 13 games they had won.
1: Jimmy balling. Butler
0: comes back, and that offense goes back to being great. Jimmy Butler averaging about 22, 23 points a game, six, seven rebounds, four or five assists. His numbers don't. And
1: all out
0: the steals, you. yeah, and and he's you know what he is he's he's you know a two way player, but his numbers don't pop. A guy who averages twenty three points probably won't win MVP. You know, six, five or six rebounds, four or five assists, nothing like on you know nothing godly like. But at the same time, when he steps on the floor, his team wins games. When he's not on the floor, they lose. They look bad. Mm-hmm. They look like a below average team. So when I talk about most valuable. That's how I look at value. What do you think about all that?
1: I, don't, I like what Jimmy's been doing. I think he is a dark horse. If the Heat continue to play very well and maybe finish as a top three team in the East, uh, I think Jimmy Butler definitely has a case for MVP. He probably won't win it. But if I had a, a ballot and the Heat finished top three, I'm probably going to have Jimmy Butler as a, one of the top three people for MVP. Um, when it's all said and done. So I, I like the case. I like the argument for Jimmy Butler personally. Just because like you said, they were playing like trash. It looked trash until Jimmy came back. And now they're right here, uh they're the fifth seed in the East, making a run to maybe, you know, finish as one of the top four teams. It'll be tough for them to reach the 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 Bucks are at three. If they reach the Bucks and surpass them and finish as a top three team in the East, I, I think Jimmy definitely has a case.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's not that I would say, like, either of those, like, outside of LeBron, obviously we know who LeBron is, but my thing is, when I look at the definition, the word, Mm -hmm. most Most valuable valuable player, I look at how good are you with them, how good are you without them. Same thing can be said for Jokic,
1: too. Jokic has to be up there as well, because the Nuggets have been dealing with a bunch of injuries um, this season, haven't really had a chance to... You know, Michael Porter is just getting back right. He called COVID twice. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So they've been dealing with a lot of different things in Denver, which has caused them to be kind of lower uh, than what people anticipated coming into the season. But Jokic just been holding it down, and he has the numbers to go with it. So uh, Yeah,
0: and, and Dame, Dame, you know, he definitely, he de- he's in that same conversation. Like you said, you know, they've been minus C.J. McCullum. Not only are they competent, they're playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, he has the numbers to go with it. But my thing is just, that's what I mean. When I talk about value, how valuable, how how much are you the reason why we're winning games? Mm-hmm. And like I would almost say as great as Joel Embiid is, I would say Ben Simmons is more valuable to that team than Joel Embiid because if Joel, you take Joel Embiid away and they still have a playmaker in Ben Simmons, they still got a guy that's going to get everybody the ball. You take Ben Simmons away, and it turns out Joel Embiid going to do as much as he can by himself and hopefully the guys step up. But, you know, you still have Tobias Harris. You got got, But Ben Simmons is that playmaker. He's the point guard. He's the guy who makes everything happen on that offense. So I would almost have an argument that he's more valuable to Philly than Joel Embiid. Not by much, but he's a little more valuable to that team. But to say that I think Ben Simmons is better than Joel Embiid, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. And I also think Joel Embiid, you know, when he brings his A game, and I had this argument, you know, coming into the season, I think he's one of the five most talented players in basketball right now. When Definitely. he plays his A game, you measure his best performances versus anybody else, he's just as good. Mm-hmm. If and you look at seven foot, could can shoot, you know, he can spread the floor, he can dribble, he, he has some passing ability. He's not Jokic when it comes to passing the ball. But he can stress the floor. He's a dog. He's a shot blocker. He plays some defense. No, he's
1: he's a good passer. Jokic is just. Jokic is a <laughs> great passer. He's one of a kind. Like, yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, you got, he's a good passer. But Jokic is a great. like Jokic is a playmaker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think Joel B is a playmaker. <clears throat> oh, my bad. Are you good? But, um, <clears throat> so, I think that's kind of my thing is I just look at value and how valuable you are to your team, to your organization. And I think that's where, like, Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, in that category, category, if that's how I categorize MVP, that's why I say they would have a case.
1: Definitely, definitely. I feel you on that. Uh, I would probably, like I said, I'm going to give the nod to Dame. uh, Jokic is right there, too. And we'll see if Jimmy can keep on doing his thing and and make a a statement, make a claim.
0: Yeah, so... We talked a little bit about MVP, talked about injuries. We're going to bring up another injury.
1: Oh, man. We'll
0: be the lead candidate in a different uh, category.
1: This one hurt my soul. And yeah, rookie of the team. year.
0: LaMelo Ball um, is expected to miss the rest of the season with a fractured wrist. So before we get into, oh. you know, that it's, it's, it sucks, and I hate to see it. I hate to see any player get injured. Mm-hmm. But then I I hate to see a guy like LaMelo who really comes into the season and and a guy like him shouldn't have a chip on his shoulder. Rookie year, 19 years old. He should have to prove anything. You know, you know. a lot of us felt like he was going to be a star, but there was the media that, oh, he's not he, this, he's I not I was going to say, that.
1: it's people, you're either on one end or the other. Really, there's somebody there was no in-between when it came yeah. to Melo. You know what I'm saying? Either you loved him or you wasn't feeling him.
0: Yeah, and like he's, I think he's out dead expectations for his rookie year, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, you know, uh the coach kind of you gotta earn your spot. Like I get it, you're a star. This is why mm-hmm. pe- you're the guy you're the reason why people are gonna wanna watch the Hornets right now. You gotta earn your time though, Rook. And and you know, kind of that old school mentality. You could be, I don't care who you are, you're gonna earn it. I'm not just gonna hand it to you. But you look at the difference. He started developing true he <laughs> Nah, he's and and he stays quiet. That's what's crazy about the ball brothers is they everybody h- hate them because of their dad. They are quiet guys, though. They don't – even LaMelo as cocky as he seems as he Mm -hmm. carries himself. He's quiet. He just goes out there and plays ball. He doesn't – you know what I'm saying? He's not a a flashy guy. He's flashy with his game, but Mm -hmm. he's not just a flashy dude, talk trash, you know, down, talking. oh, I'm better than everybody. So it sucks to see him be out for the season because, to me, he was the clear-cut rookie of the year. Facts. So with that, obviously we had to adjust our MVP – And the Hornets
1: making a playoff run. Yeah,
0: and and the Hornets are, what, fifth in the East right now? You know, and I know the the East isn't as great as it's been, but you look at the – a lot of the teams are actually pretty good. They just – with Cole, there were so many factors, injuries and stuff with some of these teams, why their wins, you know, they're barely – they're floating at 500 or barely Mm -hmm. above 500. Um, So who is your – you know, LaMelo's out the question. I mean, I still think – With as good as he's been playing, I still think he'd have a case to win it. I mean, you look at...
1: If the Hornets fall out of the playoff race and say they're not able to make the play-in, like they just kind of fall off the wagon, that helps LaMelo's case even more when it comes to rookie of the year. Um, Yeah,
0: but rookie of the year, the difference is when it comes to rookie of the year, it's not who's the most valuable, it's just Mm -hmm. who was the best rookie, and... You know, when it comes to winning something of the year awards, it's not only production, it's availability. And now is the time for a few other it, players. It's going to end up
1: being Anthony Edwards.
0: Okay, because that was my
1: question. Was, it's going to be It's going to be Edwards. He's already out here dropping 40. He dropped the 42 piece of the night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's going to be him. He's going to probably average at least 20 points the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, Anthony, and that's... So, now, call me crazy... And not, don't call me crazy, but you, you were, you were around. I made this statement pre-draft and I said, Anthony Edwards reminds me of a certain guy uh-uh. and everybody in the chat. Oh, no, 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 Anthony Edwards reminds me a lot of D Wade. I think he's a little bit better shooter coming out of college than Dwayne Wade was. But Anthony Edwards isn't the greatest three point shooter by any means, but you look at his game. I even think he might be a little more athletic. He's a, a he's a heat
1: check shooter for sure. Like sometimes he's really feeling
0: it was, Mm -hmm. you know, D Wade wasn't just a three point shooter, but when he was hot, he's shooting threes and he going to hit them. He was a clutch player. It's like, you know, I I don't understand that sometimes it's like, I can't really hit threes throughout the game, but when it comes clutch, I can hit anything. I just, it's just a different mentality, a different mode, a different feel when they got the ball in their hands when the moment gets bigger, it's like D-Wade never sh- shined away from the moment. He rose to the occasion every time. Like, when you really look at it, mm-hmm. D-Wade's one of the most clutch players we've ever seen just because, you know, he's up there. When we talk about clutch, he's up there with Jordan and Kobe and, you know, any anybody else, LeBron, any guys that you want to put in that clutch conversation, Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. you know, Dame's one of the most clutch players I've ever seen. But they just, clutch, they rise to the moment. And, and D-Wade doesn't have too many failed attempts of rising to the moment. Um, Especially, you know, when we talk about his finals run, but Anthony Edwards reminded me a lot of him. I watched his game. I watched him a lot at Georgia. And I remember watching, I was younger at the time, but I remember watching D-Wade. D-Wade is my favorite player of all time. So there is a little bias. So for me as a fan to give a young gun some credit in saying that I see a lot of, you know, the third best shooting guard of all Mm -hmm. time, I see a lot of him in that guy. I feel like you know it take you got to impress me in that sense to compare you to D. Wade, and I don't think he'll have the same successful <laughs> career. I think he got a little bit more bounce in D. Wade, but at the same time, people forget early on in his career how much bounce Dwayne. Let's oh, say had. Wade
1: came out of college, what twenty two years old? Wade was yeah, he, older. He
0: went three years. He came, he was he came out after his junior year, so mm-hmm. that also was a difference, you know, but. I see a lot of... Do you think that's a good comparison when you talk about like ceiling is d Wade and then, you know, if he... The floor is, you know, like a Dante Exum or something. Like, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? If I see you... It, peak, I see
1: what you're saying, yeah. yeah. Like, he does, he definitely does have some similarities with just his... The strength he has getting to the rack and how he's able to absorb contact and contort his body to go yeah. through people or and even just taking the contact. He'll he'll throw the contact at you. He'll body you. You know what I'm saying? You, you mm-hmm. come through there lacking, he going to dunk on you. We've seen it a few times already this season. He's called some he got.
0: He's a dunk of the year candidate right now with one of
1: his dunks. Yeah, that baseline uh, mm-hmm. slam. Was that uh, against Toronto? Yep. yep. It was against yeah. Toronto. <laughs> but, yeah, man, like, and he definitely has some characteristics of way just that strength in that football. Like, he – and loves to play football. You see it in his basketball game with how physical and how the his ability to drive and and take contact and, and finish at the rack. So yeah, he's he definitely does have some d wade in him. I see that.
0: Yeah, and especially the the first thing that made me think that was exactly what you said, his build. D Wade was a bigger guard. Like when you talk about he was six four, mm-hmm. but when you talk about he was a little bit stocky, he had more muscle to him than you were accustomed to seeing guards six four and below have you know on top of the athleticism but he has some weight on him he, he had you know and he was a physical guy i see anthony edwards a lot of that and now he's starting to come into his own adapt to the nba and you see it like you say he just dropped 42 you know he's consistently dropping 20 it's not turning into w's but at the same time he also plays for minnesota he,
1: he's using that physicality that we all wanted him to do more like he settled yeah. a lot in college which had me concerned but he's it's like it's clicking him like dang i'm yeah, I'm stronger than these guys. Like, you can't stay in front of me, and if I get to the rack, you can't stop me. So he, he's is clicking, and he's definitely, uh, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, abusing his powers.
0: Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> and so I definitely agree with you. You know, before we move on to our final topic, outside of LaMelo and Anthony Edwards, who has been a guy, a rookie who has caught your eye and kind of exceeded your expectations, especially for you being a guy who evaluated a lot of these dudes, so, who's exceeded your expectations?
1: Exceeded my expectations. Um, I'm just trying to think of who I could say. You know, there's been some some good young players who have been playing well. Uh, Pat Will has had some good moments, some good games um, playing out there in Chicago. Um, I also – you know, my boy Poku, he's starting to finally come along. You know, I was big on Poku coming in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I look at him as a project player, but he's been able to have uh, make some impact plays for the Thunder. You know, he had a, a game with a 20-piece, I think 23 points, 10 boards. Uh, the youngest player in Thunder history to have that kind of game. So, um, he's somebody that I've liked from what I've seen from him. And Wiseman has had his moments. Granted, you know, he's still so raw. He gets a bunch of fouls and stuff. But uh, when he's been able to play on the court and, and put it together, it's, it's looked good. So uh, Wiseman has caught my eye a little bit.
0: Yeah, one of the guys who've caught my eye is Um, I just think I look at how – I think he's going to be a plug-and-play guy where he could fit with a lot of players. If he, I don't yep. think he'll ever develop to be somebody's best player. But, you know, mm-hmm. with him being able to shoot, a guy like him will have a long career.
1: He could play you on know, any team. Exactly. Any team.
0: He could play with anybody. And and he's a plug and play guy. Like he deserves a lot of minutes. So I don't want to say like, oh, I'll just plug him here. Plug. But I could put him on any team and I know I'm gonna get something from him because you look at shooters, they shooters, they have a long career. I mean, you look at Stephen Clay, you look mm-hmm. at, you know, Ray Allen, Rip Hamilton. We go through the line of like so jj reddick and kyle corver like you as long as you get that three ball you got a spot on somebody nba roster he
1: reminds me of how like he could be like how brogdon was you know brogdon won player the uh, rookie of the year um his rookie season i think you know if ant wasn't having such a big if uh ant wasn't having such a big coming out party i think Halliburton would be the clear-cut guy to uh take Lamelo's spot as winning rookie of the year
0: yeah and, and i definitely agree with you so you know, to hit our last topic, you know, we got the trade deadline coming up. You know, I think some guys who can't be traded will mm-hmm. end up being bought out. So to hit on that, you know, um, who who are your biggest buyers when it comes to these teams? Who do you expect to make a jaw-dropping move, an aggressive move to kind of – bring their chances of winning a championship, you know, cause there's some contenders that are missing one or two more pieces. And there's some contenders that those one or two more pieces are available right at this moment. You know, you got Aldridge Drummond. You mm-hmm. could see DeMar DeRozan hasn't hurt, but you know, you got Kyle Lowry. Obviously there's a lot of talks of Lonzo ball. So when I look at it, there's a lot of guys who can help these contending teams, mm-hmm. the Lakers, Milwaukee, the Clippers, uh, even Brooklyn, you know, Miami, there's a portland there's a lot of guys, like they wanted to they can use <clears throat> one of these guys no matter who it is so who are like two or three of your teams that you expect to be aggressive at the trade deadline or really like wait and hit the buyout market heavy with a, with an acquisition or two
1: i'll tell you this i'm not sure if boston's gonna make any big trades but i do expect them to hit the buyout market hard you know, we, we know how Danny is, man. Danny will have yeah. all, he'll have pieces and he won't make no moves for real, for real. But they do, they need to make a move. They definitely do. And even though they're they're two uh, stars, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are young and everything, you think the future is bright. So you never know what your window is. A team that had Russell Westbrook, KD, and James Harden did not win a championship. Mm-hmm. So you can't take this for granted that you have two young stars who are possibly you could say superstars in the making very soon. So you need to make a move to take advantage of this window. You have. So I say the Celtics need to. We'll see if they will do something in the trade market. But I do expect them to hit the buyout market. And the Nuggets. The Nuggets have a bunch of low space. They have so many pieces. They need to make a move. Mm -hmm. And, And with looking at the Lakers and what they have going on, the Nuggets need to be all over this and take advantage of this moment to try to get another for sure piece. trade, Will Barton or Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, a future pick, some some kind of deal you can put together to make the contracts and the assets, the pieces work and bring somebody in and really so- solidify this Nuggets team, man, because they, they could be very dangerous. They can really do something this postseason. They can mess around and win it all, especially looking at what's going on in L.A.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think Miami should. I think they will be a buyer here, like you said. I I, I question the trade part. Um, I know like they looked into trading for PJ Tucker, but you know they wanted Houston wanted Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. That's crazy. PJ Tucker's <laughs> thirty five. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, no, they 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 price was just way too high. You know, obviously they added Trevor Ariza. Basically traded Trevor Ariza mm-hmm. for a second round pick. And, obviously, Myers Leonard, we knew he wasn't going to be with the Heat yeah, organization yeah, much yeah. longer based and, and on and what he did. Pack a pack of bubblegum. Right. Yeah, you know, based on what he did. So, you know, I see that, to me, is like they set the precedent that we're not done. You know, we go and get a guy like Ariza, who I forgot he was even with OKC. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I really – I didn't think about it. And I'm, oh, man, he really is. And, you know, and
1: Ariza, that's a good piece, man. He can, he can do a lot of what Iggy does and – be a better, more consistent shooter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's a better shooter than Nikki. So I like yeah, that pick up. And,
0: and another thing is, I just, I mean, I look at, we fumbled the James Harden trade um, in a sense. Like, I feel like, you know, they, we thought they were asking for too much. I didn't, you know, I didn't, they didn't want to give up. Like Tyler Hero was the piece on not getting James Harden crazy to me. Especially when you talk about like what was crazy about us window. back then, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about it, <laughs> and you know, it's just one of those like if you're in your if you're in your window, if you feel like you're in your window, you just went to the finals last year. Uh, a guy like James Harden is not too much. They, they didn't ask for Jimmy or Bam. So to me, like outside of that, any piece was available for a guy like James Harden. Um, you know, Doc uh, Brown winner Bill, Who could have been a multiple MVP winner. Right. And we we thought, you know, we thought Bradley Bill might want out. Obviously, I mean, I think he's content. I think he just loves the city of Washington. Uh, You know, he loves it in a D.C. area. That's where he's been. Mm
1: -hmm. You know,
0: that's the team that took him. He just, I think he just loves the environment. His loyalty, it it could affect his career a little bit because, like, bro, it's not like we're asking you to play with LeBron. Right. You're such a great player. We just, as fans and as people, Covering basketball, we just want to see you in a better situation. We're not saying, you know, in the instance of ring chase, it's the same thing <laughs> with Dame. Like Dame, we just want to see you in a little bit better situation. Like
1: we want to see Portland's you he's Not
0: gonna get. We want to see a guy like you win a ring, not necessarily go play with you know Kyrie, Harden, KD, and go win a championship. But at the same time, we want to see you in a little bit better situation. We want to see you on TV a lot more. Obviously, the Blazers, if if they are on TV it's a late night game. They're on the West coast, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you just kind of forget about Dame is the only selling point for Portland outside of that. You just didn't watch a lot of Portland trailblazers games, just like the Seahawks, you know, they get rid of Russell Wilson. You forget about the Pacific Northwest. Like you you just, you know, that's like a forgotten area. People don't go there. That's not a place on the West coast. People go visit. So, you know, you just don't think about, there's not a lot of trailblazers fans outside of people from that area. There's not a lot of Seahawks fans outside of Seattle in that area. I mean, you know, the Legion of Boom caught a lot of bandwagon fans, obviously, with their swagger and stuff. But there's just not a lot of Seahawks fans that aren't from Seattle and have some ties to that area. So, you know, we want to see them in a better situation. But I think Miami should be aggressive and see who's out there. Andre Drummond will be out there, whether it's trade or buyout. LaMarcus Aldridge will be out there, whether it's via trade or buyout. You know, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I could get, you know, the rest of the season, a good year out of Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, alongside Bam and with Jimmy. Yes, he's older. I don't expect the old L.A. to come back, but I still think he could give you quality minutes. I would have liked adding Blake Griffin. I don't think Blake Griffin is a savior, but I think if we can use him in the right, you know, right situation, right minutes. And obviously his coach, Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley running, you know, they yeah, run the, organization get the best there. out of you. It, like he's gonna and exactly he, he's he been that kind of guy so i mean you look at it he's gotten guys paid he's he got the best out of hassan whiteside and got him a you know a major deal so mm-hmm. I, I just look at the development he got the best out of you know you look at the heat is huh?
1: that tyler anderson what's that guy uh that went to brooklyn that got that big deal from brooklyn that used to play for the heat tyler johnson tyler jo- yeah johnson i'm tripping yeah yeah tyler, yeah, tyler johnson, johnson. <laughs> then you
0: got you know then you just look at you look at the Heat roster, and it was like before Jimmy got there, like, yes, Bam Adebayo was a first-round pick, but a lot of people didn't even like him going that high. Like, they they mm-hmm. thought he should have went, you know, later in the first round, possibly the second round. You know, Duncan Robinson, a kind of forgotten forgotten-about guy out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero just wasn't the greatest guy coming out of Kentucky. Not that we didn't see, like, oh, he fits in the NBA, but – you know, they, they kind of have some misfit guys on their team. You look at Kendrick Nunn, you know, got four mm-hmm. years at University of Oakland. Mm-hmm. Makes an impact. Selling jerseys now. Like, he, he's a jersey seller. People wear Kendrick Nunn jersey. Kelly Olenek. You know, you just look at their team, and it's really just a bunch of guys who didn't get it right here or in college. You know, we, we bet yeah. on them by drafting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Precious, you know, we draft them this year. <clears> and that wasn't a great – a lot of people didn't like the pick. Like, a lot of Heat fans – didn't like the pick, oh, we could have gone better, da 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 But I look at it like, you know, bro, we, we get the best out of guys. So, I mean, I can never doubt Pat Riley and Spolster and what they're doing. They they really haven't failed. If you really think about it, like, they didn't hit the wall like any other team does when LeBron leaves. LeBron left Cleveland the first time. They're smart wall. for that. You know,
1: yeah, the lottery pick after
0: lottery pick. They were able to get – Anthony Bennett flunked out and Kyrie Irving, you know, and that was just through the draft being that bad after LeBron left comes to Miami. He doesn't, you know, the organization stays afloat. They still, that's, that's in the sense where they started really developing that heat culture. And they're like the only team in the league that has a true definitive culture. And when people talk about the Miami heat, they praise that heat culture and there's certain guys that just don't fit. That was kind of the thing when we thought James Harden might get traded people's question was does he fit the heat culture though because jimmy butler is a match made in heaven i think we needed jimmy i think jimmy needed miami i think it was just a perfect fit but you question that and we've missed out on free agents because they don't you know we could have got kd he, he gave miami a visit pat riley wasn't able to convince him i just don't think he you know pat riley don't care about you being a star he expects you know, that heat culture conditioning. I'm going to get the best out of you, period. I don't care who you are. You know, you're great, I'll make you greater. Mm-hmm. You you greater, I'll make you the greatest. <clears throat> you know, that's kind of, look at what he did with LeBron. Like, as great as LeBron was, LeBron got a championship pedigree coming to Miami. Obviously, I know we could talk about the big three. Yeah, nobody wins it by themselves, so regardless of the fact. But I think the Heat are going to be buyers because I think they, can see, they look at everybody and how they match up with them. And I think they feel like if they get one piece, maybe two more slight pieces of move at the trade deadline, move in the buyout market, and they could be right there and play with anybody in seven games. And that's what matters. You can lose to these guys on a mm-hmm. Tuesday night, you know, random regular season after playing a back to back. There's so many factors when we talk about regular season, there's no factors in the playoffs. It's, you know, yes, the travel and whatnot, but at home court, but the factor is, we finna go out here, well, you, got, you gotta you beat us four out of seven times. You don't see nobody else. You get at least a nice rest in between, you know, game one and game two. And I think Miami knows with the way they play, they could play with anybody. I definitely believe they have the confidence. But I also think, you know, they're looking in the mirror and like, look, we could use another guy. We're confident with what we have, but if there's another guy... Who's oh yeah, you coming, gotta get another guy. You, you, you gotta make the move. Brooklyn. I think the Lakers might, but I think the Lakers might make a move too. You got to look at, I already thought they were going to make a move anyway. Obviously Brooklyn going to get Blake Griffin. Then you got a guy like Andre Drummond, who's going to be out there. LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, I don't think they'll go after like a Kyle Lowry, obviously or re, reunited with Lonzo ball. But I do look at, you know, I think they're going to make a move. I think Drummond is like their guy. But then, you know, it's rumors that Hassan Whiteside, you know, the Lakers got their eye on him. If he gets bought out or he's available,
1: you know, via trade. Who I I want them to get him because I ain't trying to see the Lakers win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, I think Hassan Whiteside would be a huge impact with LeBron because we talk about Coach Pro, but LeBron is a guy who, you know, he gets the best out of players also. I mean, he got Tristan Thompson paid. You know, he got J.R. Smith mm-hmm. championships. Like, you just – you you look at that and it's like he gets guys paid. Tristan Thompson, really, he's good. You know, he's made average, maybe a little above average. That's about it. But that contract was all-star pedigree, you know, type pay that he got Tristan Thompson because he gets the best out of guys. And your price goes up when you win championships. Mm-hmm. And I think if Hassan Whiteside put all the goofy stuff aside – you come in, you're all in, playing alongside LeBron, winning championships. So I think if Drummond or Whiteside come in there, it's gonna be a different focus. I'm not playing for a bad team. I'm winning games now. You know the expectation is deep runs in the playoffs. I don't have time to slack off because LeBron'll leave you behind. He, you know, he doesn't. He's not, and he's instilled it. Like I think Frank Vogel, you know, it's it's casted on the Frank Vogel. It's casted on, you know, obviously we know the Lakers organization is a winning organization anyway. So you can't come to the city of LA and not win a championship. And LeBron knew that. You know, so I think that's why they ultimately he had a different, you know, he had a different outlook last year because he knows every great player who's played in the Lakers uniform has won a championship. He looked at them rafters and seen Magic Johnson, Kobe, Shaq, Kareem, James <laughs> Worthy. He sees all those guys and was like, I gotta, I gotta win the championship. And even in his eyes, I think one isn't enough for the city of LA i gotta win another one and i think you know he has that kind of focus but you know um any other buyers
1: you know we'll see i mean you never know like there's rumors that the hawks looking to make a move that the hawks can try to probably try to bring in a a alonzo that's been rumored alonzo cam reddish involves type of trade um So I'll be curious to see what the Hawks do. And also, we've talked about MVP, Rookie of the Year. The Hawks right now are the fourth seed in the East. If they keep this up, does Nate McMillan come in as an interim who hasn't lost a game yet? Does he have a case for Coach of the Year?
0: Yes, he does. (laughs) Like, yes, he does have a case. Will he win it? No because I would give him
1: the vote if they if the, if the Hawks finish top 4 in the east. I'm I'm saying Nate McMillan's coach of the year personally. Yeah, I mean, is should he be coach of the year when you
0: based on okay, they fired their coach, they were playing bad. They were play, they started off good and they just hit the wall and they were playing bad basketball. Nate McMillan comes in and they look like a whole different team. They look like with a, injuries, lost some modern missing yeah, some guys. Yeah. Exactly. And they they haven't lost the game So, at the end of it all, should he have a case? Yes, he should have a case. Should he be the coach of the year? 100%. But, like, when is the – you know, that's something we'll have to look up. When is the last time an interim coach won coach of the year? You know, And then, like I said, productivity, availability. He wasn't the head coach all year. And then you got to look at the coach over there in Utah – you know, Coach Snyder. You got you got to look at Coach Snyder and another guy on my list. You know, since we 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 gonna finish it out Doc with Rivers. this. Oh, Doc. But my, my three right now is Coach Snyder. Doc is third. Monty Williams. You, you, when you talk about Coach of the Year, a lot of times it's that comeback Coach of the Year kind of thing. It's that who surprised you. What coach? What coach's team was better? than you expected. And all three of those guys' teams are better than what was their expectation coming into the season. Nobody oh, mm-hmm. thought Philly was, you know, going to be battling for the number one spot, holding on to the number one spot. You know, obviously, Joel B went out. Things changed a little bit. Brooklyn's rolling. But you didn't think Philly was going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference up to this point. You definitely didn't think the Utah Jazz was going to be the number one team in the Western Conference.
1: Mm-hmm. And you
0: didn't think, you know... I had conversations with guys who didn't think Phoenix were gonna get to the playoffs. Not only are they in the playoff race, they're they're number two seed. They the number two seed in the Western Conference. And you look at the West is rolling right now. The Mm -hmm. Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, everybody started figuring it out. Dallas, obviously, Utah, Phoenix. The the West has has it figured out. We're looking at the East, and they're starting to figure things out. The West pretty much has it figured out, which is why you have guys like Kawhi Leonard coming out here and saying we're not playing consistent enough. You know why? Because we're we're playing in a conference. We're we're playing a majority of guys. They got it rolling now. And and they're rolling. Portland, rolling. Even without C.J. McCollum, they figured it out. So everybody's rolling in the West. And he's coming
1: back. He just got back.
0: Yeah, he did. He just got back. But everybody's rolling in the West where the East had a... It seemed like injury bug. It seemed like it hit that conference. COVID hit that conference a lot harder. And so, you know, there were some trades made over into that conference also that teams had to figure some things out. And they're slowly starting to roll. You're seeing the Heat play better. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you're seeing Brooklyn and Philly continue to roll. You know, you've seen Milwaukee with their slow start. They're back, grinding it out. Giannis looking like, a you know, an MVP candidate again. So, you know, Indiana's rolling again. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're starting to figure out. Boston seems like they're starting to figure it out because they started off bad, obviously, Milwaukee, Miami. A lot of those te- the playoff teams, you know, you're talking about the three teams, Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston. You know, Miami and Boston saw each other in the Easter Conference finals last year, and then they looked mediocre, you know, coming into the season. They look like your average team mm-hmm. staying at that 500. Now, you know, they're rolling. Obviously, Atlanta's back rolling. Oh, uh, they got Nick McMillan. You know, we talked about him. So that's the thing with the Western Conference. They've been rolling. And I think Monty Williams, and you know, his story, man, like just everything he's endured. He deserves a reward like coach of the year, not even a handout because like they're mm-hmm. second in the West. It's it's arguably he he should win it. Oh, it's very well earned because
1: the they're exceeding expectations for 100
0: percent. And, you know, my only thought with with. Um, Coach Snyder is the fact that they're great in the regular season, but I could see them, you know, flunking out in the playoffs. I I see it. Utah, they got some flaws in their game. It started to get exposed lately. You know, they kind of been inconsistent. So they got some flaws in their game. But, you know, if they finish with the one seat, I mean, don't let Phoenix finish one seat, bro. I think you have to, at that point, you have to lock it up to Monty Williams. Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, like I said, those three, they're all here, here, and here. I think by the week, you know, Coach Snyder could remain up top. I think Doc could jump, you know, Coach Monty Williams and be considered number I one. i would say like, if,
1: if Philly holds on to the number one spot in the East despite these injuries, missing Embiid, if they hold on to that one spot knowing Brooklyn is right there and, and is about to be fully healthy, that would be crazy. That, yeah. that, that that'll, that'll give Doc a very good case.
0: Yeah, and then you look at, you know, you kind of look at their coaching situation before and how Brett Brown just couldn't get them over the hump. And then you go get Doc Rivers, who just, you know, before he got hired, was getting crucified for how, the, you know, their playoff exit ended with the Clippers mm-hmm. last year, you know, in the bubble. So, you know, there's a lot that we got to look forward to. Um, I definitely can't wait to go ahead and and have this conversation when, these guys, when teams make the moves. You know, we'll definitely revisit as, you know, we're paying attention to MVP guys and, and who's going to take over that one spot for rookie of the year. Right. You know We think it's Anthony Edwards, but Halliburton might have a crazy second half and it's already kind of close between him and Edwards. So, you mm-hmm. know, we'll definitely be able to revisit this conversation, see how right we were, see who surprised us, who made some jumps. But, you know, bro, I, you know, as always, I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, I so appreciate go ahead you having just Yeah. Yes, sir. So go ahead and just tell us where we can find you, you know, what you got going, any shows, or anything coming up.
1: Yeah, y'all can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore Bolton underscore 12. Uh, of course, you know, <clears throat> we have our, our tourney talk going on, so be sure to check out turny talk with March Madness. Um, you can follow me on Instagram as well at Chris.bolton underscore. Uh pretty soon we're gonna ramp up the the podcast, to check over Chris Bolton, gonna get things back going with that. So um, of course, you know, with off the ball network, we always have some stuff going on, so just uh be sure to just check out everything off the ball network got going, man. We we doing some big things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and like I said, bro, you know, I definitely appreciate you for coming on. Um, you know, everybody know where to find me at Up In Flames Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Mo underscore Cheese15, Twitter and Instagram. You know, go on off for all your sports needs. You know, shout out to our newest sponsor, Manscaped. Like I said at the beginning of the show, go on manscape.com. Use promo code UPATFLAMES to get 20% off, plus free shipping on any order at manscaped.com. Promo code is UPATFLAMES. Obviously, shout-out to Fanatics, our newest sponsor. Shout-out to Ice Shaker, you know, one of our other newest sponsors, the Gronk Brothers and their family. You know, appreciate that sponsorship. We got so many things coming. We got a lot of projects, you know, so y'all stay tuned with the network because a lot of this is, is in the making. We having conversations on the daily. Uh, definitely be tuned in to Tourney Talk coming up this week. We're going to talk about, you know, the uh, the recap of the first two rounds. And we'll, we'll also give a preview, you know. We're of talk about how, uh,
1: how our brackets are ruined and we might as well rip them up.
0: We yeah, because my, yeah, yeah, 100% definitely stay tuned for that. Because I got some venting to do. My brackets are done. My national champion winner <laughs> lost today. So, yeah, we definitely going to talk about that. And my team lost to a 15 seed. But. You know, that's a sensitive topic that we won't cover. We won't talk about that. We'll act (laughs) like that game never existed. But as y'all know, like I said, appreciate everybody for listening, checking it out, offtheballnetwork.com. And on that note,